As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we are not mass intruders. (laughs) We're not here to play stick them up. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media, although you cannot tell because my face has been obfuscated by this awesome MHH face mask. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I think it's time we take Kenneth Patterson's call to action to heart. And remind everybody, the safer we are with our personal hygiene and when we're, excuse me, out and about in society, going to the store, all these things. If you're wearing your Mile High Huddle face mask, Zach, it increases the odds of football season officially coming here. And not just football season. You're protecting people. You're protecting yourself. You're protecting other people. Mask up. That's right. And it's true. And and Kenneth, I appreciate your reminder. I don't think we take a hands-off approach, though. I think we're pretty fair. And we've been saying all along, take it seriously. If you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you have to stay home, stay home. Um, But it's true, though. If we want football in the fall, wear a mask. If we want our, our, you know, if people want their kids to go to school in the fall, wear a mask. If we want normalcy to return, wear a mask. If you want people to around you in your community to be healthy and be alive, wear a mask. So I can definitely advocate for it. And as it comes falling down right now, I think we did our due diligence on that. We did our little PSA. We did our little <clears throat> announcement to the community. We could feel responsible for the day chat. Hands on today. Amen. And I was just talking about this with uh, Buona Beast before we went live, but the wearing of masks, it should offend nobody. The issue of wearing masks is completely 100% nonpartisan. If you get offended by the idea of anybody advocating for you to wear a mask, check your priorities. It should be no skin off your teeth to wear a mask. Now, I get it that sometimes we go on autopilot, we're driving around, and sometimes we forget things, but try to have it on the front of your mind and and be aware of it. That's all we're saying. PSA, over, end of sermon, huddle up podcast, moving on to football matters. And by the way, Kenneth, the word that shall go unnamed, it's going to continue to go unnamed because we don't want these podcasts and these videos being suppressed by censorious social media channels. Okay. So that's going to continue, but guys, the good news is we're going to talk about the unfortunate 
postponement of Steve Atwater's Hall of Fame enshrinement. But the good news is, even though cases are spiking, they're rising, the death rate for the word that shall go unnamed is dropping, plummeting. We talked about this a couple of days ago as well. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all death and destruction. But let's hedge our bets. Let's be smart. Let's wear masks. Let's wash our hands. Let's not go visit grandma. Let's not go visit grampy. Let's not go visit that friend or family member who might have some kind of additional health concern or comorbidity if we're feeling sniffly, if we're if we've been to a place where we were in a social situation, let's not the next day go visit Grammy. Let's be smart. Let's be hyper aware of that, Zach, and yeah. mitigate this thing as best we can so that we can have a free and open society. We're not all locked in our houses for another six to eight weeks. And as Kenneth opines here in the stream, we get football. And Zach, for what it's worth, this was reported earlier today, the NFL is going forward with training camp starting on time. So Kenneth, chin up, my friend. Yeah, July 28th is kind of like the universal date for all teams to report. And based on what Goodell said and what the owners said today on their conference call, it seems like it's it's pretty normal. They're going to start on time. They're going to have practices at their own uh, home facilities. Teams can't travel, travel away for camp. It doesn't affect the Broncos either way, but we are going to have a football season Still remains to be seen whether there are going to be fans in the stands. I do not know that just yet. I don't think the NFL knows that just yet, but we're going to have a season. But on a macro level, guys, you know, personally in our life, health-wise, wear a mask. Like Chad said, we have to advocate for it because we have a platform to do so. Keep your distance. If you feel sick, stay home. If you if you don't want to work, don't work. If you don't have to, if you're not an essential employee, we can all do our part individually. So collectively, this fall and going forward, we can have normal again. Also, as we talked about on Wednesday night's show, the NFL is officially moving forward with the initial leak that we heard yesterday that they're going to cover the first eight rows. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's what a press release from the New Orleans Saints said today. In fact, the NFL owners had a big Zoom meeting. They worked through a lot of issues and plans and contingencies on the coming season. And Zach, I think it's interesting hearing this, this press release from the Saints, quote, based on the NFL meeting today, it will be mandated that stadiums cover the first eight rows in the stadiums. This covering is being done for health and safety of players, staff, employees, fans, and broadcasters. We are already in the process of working with and reaching out to our season ticket holders, making it a priority to accommodate and relocate them. We will also offer them a number of options for the 2020 season, including a refund or credit, and it will not impact their season ticket holder status moving forward, close quote. So that's being done, Zach. And, and what that tells us is that the NFL, they're tweaking their approach a little bit. They're rolling with the punches. They're doing what they think they can to mitigate some of the risks. You can't eliminate the risks. You walk outside your front door, there's going to be risk, no matter what it is. You could get hit by a car, you get struck by lightning. You could drop dead of a heart attack in a split second. You could catch the word that shall go unnamed. But what NFL teams are trying to do is mitigate that as much as possible while still having a season. They're doing what's in their control, and they know that they're going to lose money regardless, whether it's limited fans, whether it's no fans. They're going to lose a lot of revenue on a team-by-team -team basis, but they're looking to make it up any way they can. And it all comes down to the dollar sign. It's all about money. And what I, I laud the NFL for is they don't really care about bad PR. They don't really care how it looks from an optics point of view. They just care about business and appeasing their customers, meaning the fans, meaning the players, meaning the coaches, everyone tied to the NFL. And I give them credit for that. They're not buying into 
to the fear. They're not hemming and hawing. They're not line straddling or fence sitting. They're going forward with their own conviction and trying to have a normal season. And say what you want about Roger Goodell. You can criticize him for a lot of things in his tenure, but he's handled this crisis a lot better than commissioners like Adam Silver and Rob Manfred. I give him credit for that. Yeah, you ain't a kid, and he should be commended for that. He should be, you know, we've criticized Goodell at different times over the years for some of his, I would say, probably more of the on the disciplinary side of decisions he's made that have been questionable over the years, but, and just kind of the way the Patriots were treated with kit gloves and the whole nine yards for some of their dubious um, skullduggery, et cetera. But he does deserve credit for, and you know, make no mistake. It's not like it's Goodell leading the charge. He's the face of the owners. He represents the owners. That's right. the owners that are saying, no, we're going to, we're going to stay the course with free agency. No, we're going to stay the course with the draft. We'll figure out a way to do it virtually. We're going to have the highest ratings we've ever had for the NFL draft on television and we're going to move forward with the season. We're going to do our best to, to mitigate it, minimize the risk. But there's going to be no way to 100% eliminate that because, again, you take you go outside your front door, you are risking uh, danger. You're risking injury. You're risking something to happen. Now, Zach, I want to say hello here to Desert Fox, who says I'm new to the party. Welcome in. It's good to see you. Uh, in the meantime, before we get to today's Mile High Mailbag, our favorite podcast of each and every week because we are your football priests and each and every week we are here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning broncos questions we can't wait to get to what's on your mind but just quickly a couple of matters of business make sure you're following the podcast on twitter at huddle up pond we're inching to the 2000 mark on of followers on the podcast account on twitter which is great it's really weird to me zach how many of our listeners on YouTube, when you combine YouTube, you combine Facebook, you combine Apple, you combine all the different p- podcast listening platforms that this podcast reaches from from ear, you know, how many ears we reach on a daily basis. Only a fraction of them are following the podcast on Twitter. So head on over there, follow the pod, stay plugged in. And while you're at it, follow at Mile High Huddle as well. You want to get one of these face masks, MHH, rep the brand in style and safety, Head over to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here at the Huddle Up Podcast and Mile High Huddle. And if that's not in the cards for you, no worries. Just make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like this video, regardless of the platform you're watching it on, whether you're live or after the fact. Like this video and share it out if you really like what we're doing here. Help us reach new listeners and like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, before we dive into the questions and whatnot, just want to thank Zeus for uh, coming on down from MHH Mount Rushmore and supporting what we're doing here, showing some love. He says, hi, all, counting down the days to some football, maintaining an optimistic outlook. I like it. Yeah, you and me both, Stu. Every single day that goes by is a step closer to football. And based on what we've been through, it feels like it's been three years, not three months. And September literally cannot get here fast enough. All right. Before one last thing, guys, sorry to uh, I don't mean to be teasing you guys start getting your questions in or topics you want us to talk about here tonight in the chat stream. We will get to them as best we can here. But as we intimated at the top of the show, one of the unfortunate pieces of news that broke on Thursday was the Hall of Fame's decision to cancel the Hall of Fame game this year and then postpone the enshrinement ceremonies until 2021, which, of course, means that the ever-patient and ever-long-suffering Steve Atwater (laughs) is going to have to continue his long-suffering patience until next summer, next August. The silver lining, though, Zach, is as disappointing as that is. He's in the Hall regardless, but as disappointing as that is, Next year, it could be twice as nice because Peyton Manning will be eligible next year for the Hall of Fame. And you know he's going in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. So this time next year, as fans, Broncos country is going to be celebrating and and basking in the ambiance of two Broncos getting enshrined at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, do we even have to even wait or decide? Does it have to even be voted on? Let's just put Peyton in the hall right now. Why is it, you know what I'm saying? He's going to make it. He's going to be a first ballot guy. And in terms of Steve Atwater, as sucky as it is, and, and if I was him, I'd be, you know, saying, woe is me. I'd be feeling sorry for myself. But like you said, he's already in. He's already a Hall of Famer. It just it has to wait to be official now. But it's it's going to be fun. Like you said, if there's a silver lining, it's that we get two Broncos next year and not just one on top of everything else. going to be like... 28 people inducted at once, I read. It's going to be a wild Hall of Fame ceremony, the likes of which we've never seen. Amen to that. And I think we, as as unfortunate as it is to lose out on that this year, something everyone was looking forward to. A lot of Broncos fans were had probably already made some plans to travel. Hopefully people that did book tickets and flights and hotels and stuff like that are able to get a refund or able to reschedule. But at least, it, 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 even though we're missing the enshrinement, Who's really crying too many tears over the Hall of Fame game itself getting canceled? Although I will say right now that would be like mana from heaven, dude. Mana from the football guy. To even have a meaningless exhibition football game like the Hall of Fame game is, just to have that would be like the most refreshing, enjoyable thing. And to think back even a year ago, even though the Broncos were in it last year, so it made it a little bit different, but it's just one of the most forgetful games on the football schedule every year. 
Yeah, we we all like it when we hear the theme music on NBC go off. We all like it when the when the snap takes place, the first snap of the game, the whistle sounds. We like football being back, but by the second quarter when the fourth stringers are in and the future UPS drivers are playing, we're like, okay, we can wait till the next week, and we we got our fix for now. So as for me, I, I'm looking forward to not having to cover that game with the Cowboys and the Steelers. I don't really like a five game exhibition schedule, but I would have liked football sooner than later. But at least we have like we always keep saying a regular season to look forward to. Kenneth Booker wants to know on YouTube, if you could only take one Broncos player in fantasy football, who would you draft and what round? Zach, if you're only taking one Bronco in fantasy football, who are you taking? Cortland Sutton. I mean, it's he's a Pro Bowl contender, all-pro guy. I mean, you look at the offense. We're talking about offensive players, except not IDP leagues where you can draft Von Miller, but um, Corlin Sutton, Philip Lindsay. I wouldn't take Jerry Judy. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take KJ Hamler. Drew Locke, maybe in a two quarterback league. But in terms of a high round fantasy football guy, that's Corlin Sutton, an established wide receiver. One sky's the limit. He's being projected to just do monster numbers this year. I would take him. You know, I don't value wide receivers that high. I like to build from quarterback and running back first, but I would take him in the third or fourth round. I think that's good value for Cortland Sutton. But if there's one guy on the offense, it's definitely him. Good to see you as well, Miller707 champ. Yeah, just for the sake of conversation, I mean, honestly, I can't – I don't know. I'm not going to dispute that. I think that would be my choice as well, Cortland Sutton. So, I mean, it's it's, he's in for a big year. Jason O'Neill wants to know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on some of the challenges that face the Broncos during this uncertain time. Well, some of the challenges are how do you train? How do you install a new system? How do you get these rookies up to snuff without coaches being able to get hands on these players? That's an obstacle. The Broncos are not going to be able to overcome that obstacle completely until they get cleats on the grass in July. And outside of that, guys, remember, In my opinion, based on reading the tea leaves and the press that came out today from the NFL after the owners' meetings, there will be a season. You're going to, at the very least, have football on your television screen this fall. Will you be able to go and and be in the stands? That's the one thing that's up in the air. We don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. But, Zach, I have very, very, like, the most minute of doubts that we'll actually have football. And so – it's a matter of just getting the Broncos back on out on the grass, holding on for dear life for one more month, four more weeks. The Broncos will be out on the grass a week and a half, two weeks of, of training camp, and then you start the preseason. Who knows? We'll see if they end up canceling the preseason. It might be wise to do that and just have a big, long training camp, make up for the OTAs you missed, and look at, at September 11th or 10th or whatever it is where the season starts for when football begins in earnest. College does it that way. College doesn't have a preseason. I mean, they have training camp, they have spring practices and all that, but there is no no preseason. So it can be done from a football perspective. It will affect how the 90-man rosters get cut down to 53 slightly without being able to see them in action against opponents in real live game settings. But that would simply be, Zach, a price you have to pay in a really wacky 2020. 
Yeah, college has a shorter regular season too, so that's maybe not preseason is part of that. But you know, I, I can see the the NFL doing one home game, one away game for the preseason, get some of the rust off, and that ties into what I'm going to say about the biggest challenge, and that's chemistry. As Chad alluded to, it's not a, a financial problem, it's not a long ranging problem. It's just in the interim, it's just maintaining chemistry and team building. You have a lot of new players, a lot of new coaches, and the same can be said for every other team in the NFL. We, they all went through the draft. They all went through free agency. They all added to their team. They lost from their team. It's just getting them together in one place, getting it back on the grass, as Chad said, getting practice under their belt and going into September ready for the season. But in terms of the Broncos, like we keep saying, we're not worried because every other team is going through this. We're all on the same level playing field as one. No team has an advantage over the other because no team has practiced since what last season. Zach, what are the rules? I always forget this, even though I've been covering the NFL for a long time now. I always forget what the rule is for when drafted rookie or drafted players are eligible for an extension. I want to say Sutton. I think wouldn't it be next offseason for him. It's next offseason, I want to say, is when he is eligible for an extension. Yeah. Because let's see, 2018, 19, 20. So after the third year. In the going into the fourth year of a rookie drafted rookie's contract, he can be extended. In the case of Philip Lindsay, it's different because he's playing on a college free agent contract. But I don't want to go off into territory that I don't have confidence in and I can't speak to with perfect authority. So I will say though, with regard to Sutton, next year is to answer Miller 707 champion who's saying, should Denver extend Sutton sometime this year before he gets too expensive? I feel he's going to be a top five wide out by the end of next year. And that price tag is going to be expensive. And it is. And Zach, that's something you wrote about yesterday. Yeah, for right now, he's under contract for, for nothing. It's 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 such a low cost for a talent like Cortland Sutton, and he will be eligible next offseason. He will be a UFA in 2022, and the Broncos, we keep saying they'd be wise to lock up some of their in-house players, but like I wrote in my column, Elway has some sort of aversion to it. He, he waits to the last minute, if at all, to cut that check. He still hasn't paid Justin Simmons. He didn't pay Philip Lindsay. He, he likes adding outside players, but he really has a tough time investing into his own. I'd be surprised, Chad, if they locked up Sutton before next offseason. They want to see what they have in him as the guy, as as Locke's wide receiver one, and also how Jerry Judy affects that whole development and whole chemistry between them. I'll be surprised if he gets extended before he actually hits free agency. I mean, NFL teams usually don't move financially until they don't have a choice. They wait. You know, why do today what you can do tomorrow? It's basically that philosophy. They don't move off of the, you know, when it comes to the bottom line until they don't have a choice. And that's why Lindsay's on the back burner, which goes back to, I don't want to go down this road right now, but that's why it was so frustrating to hear Elway say in his end of season press conference that he was going to consider getting Lindsay extended this spring only to completely ignore the issue and then pay Melvin Gordon. Why not just quash that right out of the gates and say, you know, that's not something we're looking at right now. Next question. Instead of getting the hopes up for for Lindsay, instead of creating that storyline, real quick, Zach Web Design jumping in five dollars super, one of our Thank superstars, you. longtime listener. It's good to see you, Zach. He says, "I'm just being positive that sports will happen this fall." By the way, just trying to support my favorite pod. Hashtag just sharing the love and Zach, both Zachs. That is very important to us, guys. That allows us to yeah. bring this content to you. That kind of a support, the super chats. It does, we're never going to ask you to super chat, 
but that super chat does allow us to continue to devote more and more time into providing you guys this content. And right now we're working our rear ends off and it's off season. There's nothing happening. Just wait till we get to when there's actually something happening on the field, even if it's just practice, even if it's just training camp and the quality of the content, the quantity of the content is only going to continue to get better. Thanks to, and in large part due to the super chat superstars. Yeah, that's really well said. I mean, the fact that we're wearing the hats, we're wearing the face mask right now. We have a merchandise store. That's that we. That's an attestment to our our fan base, and that's that's a quality that they allowed us to uh, explore. And, and it's something that we love doing: bringing content, merchandise, every th- interaction in every single way. You guys allow us to do it, and we we talk about it all the time. We're, we're so appreciative and. Through this pandemic, you guys have been tremendous. And going forward into September and a little normalcy, it's going to be even better. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Eclipse Stormborn, speaking of Super Chat Superstars, jumping in with a very generous super. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. He says, happy Thursday, priests and Broncos country. Optimistically looking forward. My favorite pot you guys do is behind enemy lines. Wondering if you guys might get those other analysts to go live with y'all. So that's, and thank you again, Eclipse, my friend. And I'm glad you brought that up because what Zach and I did, well, what we've done for the last couple of years on the Huddle Up podcast is when football season rolled around, we would have an opposing journalist or a journalist from the oppo- that covers the opposing team come on, and we would pre-record those conversations and then upload them to the podcast RSS feed. Once we started doing these live streams, we ended up having to one of two options, either only bring in on those journalists who are willing to be on a live podcast, because not everyone wants to do that. A lot of people are willing to join you on a podcast and talk football. I would say probably a quarter of those people are willing to have the spotlight on them, be live where they're seen and heard. Not There are some that are more than happy to do it, but that made it a little bit harder for us last season to find live guests like that from behind enemy lines. But we're going to be trying to do that again this year, Zach. And it's either that or just have one episode each week that is pre-recorded and uploaded to the RSS feed that is not a live stream. 
It's tough also because we have to coordinate with reporters that are at practice every single day of the week at the facility covering, you know, games and all that. And they have to squeeze in the podcast for us. But maybe now with everything being virtual and being over Zoom, they'll have more free time. So we're looking forward to that. It's always great getting outside perspective. I always learn something from the reporter of the team that we're covering. Uh, and we like the, you know, the, the banter back and forth. So we'll try it. We'll try it this year, but we can't make any promises considering how unique this season's going to be. Miller 707 says, is it me or are we missing a lot of regular viewers the last few weeks? It is not just you. It's the nature of the NFL calendar, the ebbs and flows of the calendar. Yeah. So, for example, milehighhuddle.com, number one team site on Sports Illustrated, all right, from a traffic perspective. It's, it's, the site's going to do about half of the traffic that it did in the month of May in June, and it's not just because of the word that she'll go unmentioned and how there have been no OTAs and all that stuff. It's that this time of year, people start turning to their vacations that they had planned or whatever. And then you combine that and their activities with their kids and going camping and doing things. And then you combine that Zach with the fact that it is that lull where there's really not much going on. Like people, there are those, I wouldn't call them necessarily casual fans because a lot of our great listeners who maybe haven't been tuning in lately, I wouldn't necessarily call them casual fans, but, let's just say the not the hardest of the hardcore fans if there's not actual stuff cooking you know they'll they'll listen to a political podcast for a couple of weeks until football comes back or there's some kind of news or something like that this time of year this is completely common and that's one of the reasons why we just can't wait for actual cleats to get back on the grass at the end of July it happens every single year. I mean, content, page views fall off, listeners fall off. It, it's just that dead period, and there's not many points in the NFL where we can say that, but but mid-June to late July is always that, the, just the dead sea of yep. what the NFL calendar is every year, and uh, we have to just weather through it, but combine that with the crisis, combine that with the social unrest and everyone who is cooped up for three months. They want to get out. They want a vacation. They want to go where they can right now. They don't want to sit in front of a computer or watch sitting on their phones. They want to go out and do things, but you know what? epitomized our viewership is right in the middle of the issue, Chad, which was the draft, which was in late April. We had record numbers. I'm not just talking about super chats, just viewers and engagement and page views. So we know that when there's news and activity, we'll have our fan base come back. We'll have that, as you say, the quote unquote casual listeners come back. But right now it's all expected. We're not surprised by any of this. I mean, April was the biggest month in the history of milehighhuddle.com, and there the you YouTube channel was growing by exponential rates. It still continues to grow. The growth rate has slowed down, but I'm telling you right now, as someone who's been covering this team and the NFL for long enough to know, being inside the belly of the beast, it all bounces back. All those people that we're missing in the stream right now, I would say probably a third of those viewers that were even on through every single pod through April and May, that aren't on right now, they will be back. As soon as training camp starts, you'll see them back in the stream. It's good. It's just the way it is. So in the meantime, that's why Zach and I are grateful that those of you who are with us are with us and why we feel the continual call and responsibility to keep showing up and bringing you this content because you're asking for it, you want it, we're going to provide it. Yeah, and that's what we're saying is that right now through all this, through all the unrest and all the issues going on and and having no football, having no sports, how we've grown as a podcast, celebrating 7K, Chad, getting over that milestone, that was a huge deal. And it's all thanks to you guys once again. So we're, we're definitely so appreciative. James Campbell, our friend from across the pond, says, anyone else see the news of Nikki Jabbala of The Athletic going to the Washington Post to cover the Washington Redskins? That is going to happen. That has happened. She announced that. 
some, I guess she didn't announce it, but she let, let everybody in on that today, Thursday. So we must bid adieu, Nikki, who is, I think one of the best in the business at what she does, you know, the market loses uh, one of the great ones. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of the way the journalism game works. And if you look at the athletic, I think the drop in, well, just the word that goes unnamed has really affected them. They laid off a bunch of people and furloughed a bunch of people a couple of weeks back. And so I think this just might be Nikki looking out for number one, doing what she feels like is in her best interest and landing on her feet. And we wish her the best. Yeah, Nikki was the best on the beat, Chad. I respect her as a journalist. Yeah, she was just incredible in every facet of her job. And uh, But it seems like she took – it wasn't a lateral move. That sounds like a pay upgrade going to the Washington Post. That's a huge beat. That's a huge uh, paper. It seems like the athletic is kind of struggling right now. And uh, you got to do what you got to do. As Chad said, this industry, it's a lot like chess pieces. One person goes here. The other person goes there. I just hope, though, you know, I want to see who fills in for her, Nikki. I hope Mike Kliss now isn't the main focal point of the Broncos beat. At least we had Nikki to kind of balance him at times and confirm it to her. Yep, but we wish her the best, and yeah. it just it is what it is. Eclipse jumping in to say, did they at least start to do Atwater's bust, or does he have to wait for that too? I'm not sure on that. I don't want to steer you wrong, but I think mm, – I think – that's done ahead of time where they come in and they mold their face or they do some kind of a, some kind of a process where the face measurements and molding gets taken. And then the time is, you know, there's time in between and then they show up in Canton, <clears throat> they unveil their bust. So I would assume that hasn't been completed yes. yet, Zach, but I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I'll ask around and uh, maybe DM Steve and see if there's, he can let us in on that. I haven't seen any videos of it last year with uh, with Mr. B. We saw it in the process play out, you know, month by month by month. But I feel like when they were going to get started, that's when the the virus hit. So I feel like that was put on hold. You know, they can't get together. They can't sit in the same room. I feel like that was put on hold. And that's part of the reason maybe that they're canceling the whole festivities and just pushing it till next year. Mike Evans, a bona fide super chat superstar, working his way up the MHH. Mount Rushmore, really appreciate your Thank you, Mike. consistent support, man. Every stream we see you in, you're showing us the love on Super Chat, and it means a lot to us. He says, do you, uh, do you see Alexander Johnson becoming a top-tier linebacker in 2020? What is his ceiling? I think his ceiling is, listen to what Smoke Dog Al Wilson said, what was it, December, I want to say? And that is that he sees Pro Bowls and All Pros on the horizon for Alexander Johnson. Now, He's going to have to continue to progress and hopefully get maybe a little bit better as, as a coverage linebacker, but he has something that can't be taught, and that is just the nose for the ball and the knack for making a play. Plays with intensity, reckless abandon. He's a just like cut out of marble like a Greek god. I mean, the guy is just prototypical, six foot two, 255 pounds, might be 260, off-ball linebacker. You're missing some of the burst and short area quickness and twitchiness, but he makes up for it with that length, with that strength, uh, with his ability to get off the block, shed blocks, get to the ball. So I think his ceiling, Zach, honestly, is to, to me, like this time last year, well, this time the last three years, we, were t- we would be talking about Justin Simmons as a dark horse Pro Bowl candidate. I think this is the year where Alexander Johnson takes over that. You know, Simmons got an all-pro nod, second-team all-pro. To me, that's better than a Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. But – I think Alexander Johnson this year is a guy to to watch for the Pro Bowl if 
you know, if, if he continues to develop, I see it happening soon. I don't know his ceiling in terms of a, a player comparison. Uh, he, like you said, he's not a great coverage guy. He has to improve there. He's not Luke Keekley. You know, he's not Patrick Willis or Navarro Bowman. I don't see right now all pro consistent upside, but I do see a long-term starter for Denver inside linebacker. I see a guy who will pick up a few Pro Bowls along the way and go down as a really solid uh, consistent linebacker who's great in run support, great for the team, and can do reasonably well in pass coverage. He has to improve there for me to be a little more bullish on him as a long-range, all-pro potential kind of guy. We'll see. We'll see. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, Brian Greenfield, one of our longtime listeners of the show and supporters, also one of our Super Chat superstars. This is not a Super Chat, but he's asking, will Natani Muti be healthy uh, to the start the season, and if not, when? The last I checked on that particular subject, Brian, was that remains to be seen. He's not; He wasn't 100% healthy when the Broncos drafted him in the sixth round. So I would – well, since he's not signed, I don't know if he's been at the team facility getting rehab because people, players that are getting treatment have been allowed by NFL mandate to be at team facilities, just like Bradley Chubb, who a few weeks ago talked about how weird it's been being alone basically with a trainer or two at the facility. It's just like a ghost town. I don't know if, if Muti has also been able to do that because technically he's not under contract. Technically he's not a Bronco until he signs. So I don't know on that, but I think that, Probably this year, Muti's a guy that ends up as as an IR. Sneak him on, yeah. you know, not sneak him, but you you put him on IR, let him get a full year to heal, so that you can get a full throated kind of look at him in next year's training camp, and he might be able to make some noise. By then, you got Graham Glasgow going into his second year, Dalton Risers in his third year. There might be. We'll see how things play out with Lloyd Cushenberry. You know, things could change between now and then in terms of the pecking order on the offensive line. So I look at this season, Zach, as being kind of a redshirt year yep. um, health-wise for Natani Muti. 
I'm right there with you. They don't have to rush him along. They don't need him right now to start. They don't even need him to be a backup. They have Wilkinson, who's a better guard than tackle, who could slide in there. They have a couple other guys on the roster who they like at guard as well. If he's not completely healthy by training camp or by the preseason, they're going to put him on PUP or IR, and like you said, just redshirt him for a year. When he comes back, though, he has starting upside. He's a really good talent. He's a mauler on the run game. The Broncos got a really good value in him, taking him where they did. I like him for the future. It's just this year, not a lot of value for Muti. Let's grab Ryan, who says, Ryan Hamilton, longtime listener of the show. Has anybody heard in the news about Melvin Gordon joining the crew in passing drills yet? You would figure after the flack he's got that he might. <clears throat> to my knowledge, he has not yet joined Drew Lock and company for those away from facility workouts where they're actually running the full offense, Pat Shermer's full offense. I could be wrong on that, but I have not heard or been told by anyone I've talked to on the matter that he's been present wherever he is. I think I want to say California. I can't remember where, where he's been hanging out for off the top of my head now that I think about it for the offseason, but it's not in Denver, Zach. No, I really don't think he's out there right now. And if you want him to be out there, just tweet at him. We know that he, he'll read your tweets and he'll fire back at you. I don't really want to dance around the Melvin Gordon topic too much. Every time I do, it seems to draw criticism. I think he should be there. He's not restricted from traveling to Denver right now. He can get there by car or by plane. It's just a matter of him wanting to. But to answer the question, I haven't seen him there. i just seen Philip Lindsay putting in the work. Mile High Beauty wants to know, do you guys think the NFL will put some kind of attachment to the helmets to protect players talking about some kind of like spit guard or, you know, mask to, to stop from, you know, droplets spreading. I think they'll look at any potential innovations that might be around for that as a possibility. But unfortunately anyone, you know, it's like just at the top of the show when I had this mask on, I can talk, I can breathe. But if I'm playing football like this, ain't happening. I'm not getting enough oxygen in terms of what it requires to sustain that kind of constant athletic explosion where every vein in your body is pumping, sending blood to your muscles, and you know you need to be able to, to freely breathe. And so unless there's some kind of innovation or workaround, Zach, I just don't see that being feasible. And especially in Denver, too, Chad, where the air is thinner. I mean, it's yep. tough for the players, you know, in a regular year, let alone wearing masks. And I hope they're not going to do that. I saw some mock-up on Twitter where they had some apparatus attached to the, to the face guard of the helmet. They looked ridiculous. They look like Power Rangers. I don't want that to happen. I just want to the to the NFL to resign themselves. If players are going to catch it, they're going to catch it. We have contingencies. We have plans in place. We have to just do what we got to do. I, I would not be in favor of making the whole mask cover their face. I mean, just you can't take it to that extreme in this sport. Let's grab. I know we've grabbed a couple here from Miller707, but he's asking good questions, okay? Who would you rather trade for, Zach? The corner, Stefan Gilmore, or the safety, Jamal Adams. Just a fun question to think mm. about. For me, hands down, would be Gilmore because that's the – right now, to me, that's the Achilles heel of this defense is cornerback. Now, it could end up being a strength if Vic Fangio is right that he sees two of these guys, two of these young guys really emerging and becoming studs this year. It could end up being a strength of the team. Right now, on paper, before any of that information coalesces, it, it's, it's the Achilles heel. Let's face it. So, for me – it would be Stefan Gilmore. Jamal Adams would be adding to a, an already existing strength. When you have arguably the top safety duo in the NFL, 
you can afford to get by without Jamal Adams, as great as a player as he is. I'm just thinking, though, when Kareem Jackson does walk away from the team, which might not be long from now, having Jamal Adams and Justin Simmons as the two safeties for the next decade is so appealing, and it's just so mouthwatering to, to think about. But yeah, like you mentioned, we've been pining for a veteran cornerback the entire offseason. You put Stephon Gilmore back there with A.J. Boye and, and the Vic Fangio defense with Bryce Callahan. That's a scary secondary. So I, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. I'm going Gilmore. Terry Randall up in Canada proving, as always, you guys know this, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And he's reminding everybody, hit the like button. Appreciate that, Terry. Good looking out, my friend. Uh, Jody wants to know, would you consider Cam Newton for this reason? If Locke was to get the word that shall go unnamed, he could miss up to three games. Do you really want Jeff Driscoll to start three games? Yes. I get where you're coming from, Jody. But at what cost do you get Cam Newton? And I don't just mean financial. That's a consideration. You do have to, you know, that would be a detriment in terms of taking on whatever money he's going to be looking for. He's going to get paid by someone eventually. It's going to happen. Maybe not DAC money. That's not that, that ship's probably sailed for now. But he's going to make considerable money. But also the effect it would have potentially in the locker room in terms of, you know, just today, for example, Justin yes. Simmons, I'll read the quote here in a minute, had something really interesting to say about Drew Locke as he emerged late last season as the guy, you want to give him the room to grow. And if he ends up getting the thing that shall go unnamed during the season and you got to roll the dice for two or three weeks with Jeff Driscoll, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I would rather roll the dice in that direction, Zach, than roll the dice in bringing in Cam Newton and have it perhaps threaten the foundation that, that Locke has built as, you know, in a short period of time, mind you as well, as the guy in that locker room. Yeah, under no circumstance am I signing Cam Newton. Uh, Let's think about it. If he comes in and performs well, then how do you ever play Locke again? How do you justify yanking Cam Newton and playing Drew Locke? And if he doesn't play well and you're replacing with Locke again, then you have to wonder if he's in a poison locker room, he's going to start some controversy, he's going to speak out. And I don't want Locke, I'll say it again for the hundredth time this offseason, I don't want Locke peering over his shoulder. I don't want him to feel like he has to be on eggshells or he has to do a certain thing or else he's going to lose his job. The Broncos have to live and die with number three. He is their guy. You have to go through the good, the bad, the ups, and the downs. And you can't just sign a, a broken down, I think, has been in Cam Newton and then play you know, musical chairs with your quarterback. You just can't do it. So it's either all or nothing. And right now the Broncos are all in on Drew Luck. Let's grab here John Libick jumping in, showing us some support on Super Chat. Thank you, John. John, that means a lot to us, my friend. Seriously, thank you. Do you all think we signed Justin Simmons long-term before the franchise tag time period is up mm. in July? That date is July 15th. It is coming. It's hurtling closer by the by the day, obviously. I think it's going to happen. John Elway, I can't remember the number now. I could go through it. But every player, anyway, that John Elway has franchise tagged since taking over as the main football guru at Dove Valley, every guy that's been tagged is extended to a multi-year deal ahead of the deadline, including Von Miller during an offseason that was highly contentious between Elway and Miller. Still got that deal done. Simmons wants to be here long-term. Simmons loves playing for Fangio, and that's going to happen. If it doesn't happen by July 15th, I'll stand up here and eat crow and just say, guys, look, I got this one wrong. If that happens, though, and he doesn't get the multi-year extension, he plays this year under the franchise tag, which pays him a little bit north of $12 million, and then the Broncos live to fight another day with him next spring in free agency. But I do think it's going to happen, Zach. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And also, if they sign him long term, they can spread spread out his cap hits, and they can lower his 2020 cap hit from 12 million to something like seven or eight million. So, from, from a financial standpoint, the Broncos stand to gain. And who knows? They can use that money they save to go after a lineman, to go after a cornerback, to to you know maybe invest in somebody else on the roster. They can do a lot of things with that money, and I think it will happen in the next couple of weeks. Our friend Callie Dave jumping in on super chat. Appreciate you, Dave. Appreciate you, Dave. Thank you. It, it means everything to us. He says, crazy tired from working, been chilling, listening to the pod, loving the conversation. It takes my mind off of work. Keep it going, guys. Hey, Dave, we're going to keep it going. Thanks to people like you and our audience supporting the cause, super chatting. Trust, we're going to keep bringing this to you each and every night from the 6 to 7 o'clock hour mountain time. Um, real quick, Zach, I want to get your take on this <clears throat> this uh, comment that Justin Simmons made. I alluded to it earlier about Drew Luck. Really quick, Justin Simmons was on the Bleacher Report podcast uh, with, bear with me one second, I forget the dude's name, Lefko, Adam Lefko. And he was asked about this coming season, um, I think ranking how excited he is on a scale of 1 to 10 was the question or something like that. Here's what Simmons said, though. Quote, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about for this season. I know everyone says it, but he has, even in the locker room, behind the cameras and closed doors, talking about Drew Locke, he has this sense of, like, confidence. But it's not cocky. It's just, like, watch and follow me type of swag. That's just something that I felt like the previous couple of years. We've been there. We just might not have had that. Not even getting into the systems and all that stuff. But I haven't really felt that, I guess. And then the last thing he says here is, I'm excited for Drew because he closed out the year on the right foot and I'm excited for him to start out the next year, especially with the weapons that he has. I'm just excited, close quote, Zach. So he's saying that Locke brought a, uh, brought a watch and follow me type of swag, which created a feeling in Justin Simmons, a confidence and enthusiasm, however you want to, to describe it, that he hadn't ever felt since arriving with the Broncos as a third-round pick in 2016. You mean to tell me that Joe Flacco didn't have swag, Chad? I am shocked <laughs> at that revelation. You know what, though? What he didn't say was is what he wanted to say is Drew Locke has that it factor. And we've been saying it. A lot of media types have been saying it. A lot of fans have been saying it. You saw what he does on the field. You saw him on the sideline. You saw him galvanize the Broncos. You saw him literally march with his teammates. He's done everything a young quarterback should do, and he's already won over the respect of the locker rooms. Young players, veterans, stars, and rookies, they all love Drew Locke. And it's encouraging. I still maintain that they have to prove it on the field, every single player from the bottom to the top. But what we've seen and what we've heard about Drew Locke has been so impressive and so encouraging. KP jumping in down in Florida, showing us Thank some you, love. Kevin. Really appreciate you, Kevin. Every podcast, you're showing love in the super chat. And I think you should email us, my friend, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Easy to remember. Shoot us your personal deeds. Let us send you a hat. Let us send you a face mask, something as a thank you for just your outgoing support for MHH, my friend. Reach out to us. He says, diehards, don't miss a snap podcast or grab a hot dog during the game. <laughs> hey, that's how we feel. That's how we got into this business is we're just ridiculous, insane, lunatic football people. But not everybody is necessarily – they love their team. They love the Broncos. They love to know what's happening with the draft. They love to talk about how the draft picks are going to fit in. They love to know what's happening with free agency, Zach. They want to watch the games. But those in-between periods when all that's been done and all the talk that's really, you know, they feel like they need to hear has, has happened, 
they sign off and then they come back when things turn around, you know, when the, when the activity starts up again or a watershed moment like free agency or the draft or OTAs or training camp. When there's something to talk about, they return. But guys like you, KP, guys like us, guys like James Campbell, guys like Buona Beast, where are those sick maniacs that are going to be here talking about football till the cows come home? Yeah, Kevin knows that if you're at a game, you sit your butt in that seat until there is a commercial, until there's a break in action. You don't go to the bathroom. You don't get something to eat. You watch every snap, every play, every podcast. So, Kevin, we appreciate you furthering that notion. But we appeal, I think, to casual, non-casual. I mean, uh, diehard, not so diehard. I, we, we're so appreciative for all of our fans. But you're right. The ones that are here every single night, those are our diehards for sure. All right. Let's grab an MHH Mount Rushmore. George. George Vandermark jumping in with a generous super chat. Really appreciate you. you, my friend. We've missed you the last couple of pods. We know that uh, your new job, you're working these new shifts, so we understand. He says, work my final day shift today, whereas I will always watch the show when I get home. We'll definitely show my super chat support on Sunday nights. We appreciate that, George. Seriously, my friend. Really, really do appreciate you. Hope the new shift and everything is going well. And we'll look forward to talking to you again, of course, on Sunday. Any questions that you have, any topics you want us to get to tonight, my friend, just put it in the stream and we will get to it. It is the hashtag mile high mailbag, and we are happy to get to whatever's on your mind. Um, Zach, we don't want to ignore our awesome Facebook audience who has shown up in great numbers these last, um, you know, what's ironic is now MHH, the following on, on Facebook is, more than 10 times what we have on YouTube. We have something like 86, 87,000 followers on Facebook. And the listeners, not everyone who follows on Facebook, Zach, listens to every podcast, right? It's It just depends on where you're at in the stream and where you come across the content as people are thumbing through Facebook. But as some of the numbers have dipped on the RSS feed podcast-wise, as some of the listening has gone down on YouTube temporarily, the one that actually has skyrocketed is Facebook. The podcast on Facebook went from, you know, probably averaging three to 4,000 listeners per podcast to triple that 12, 11, 12, 13, 14,000 listens per podcast episode. So shout out to our Facebook audience. We love you. Bobby says, what are the odds that Peyton retires as a Bronco? I mean, we'd all love to see it, but he had so much time in Indy. Bobby, just like you saw when he played some golf with Tom Brady and that pro-am or whatever it was, um, you're going to see him honor both the Colts and the Broncos when he goes into the hall. Yeah. Players don't have to go in, pick an individual team anymore. That's not a mandate by the hall of fame. So I think you'll see him find a really savvy, really political savvy way to be an ambassador for both teams as he goes into the hall next year. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, the Broncos were the relationship he got in after he, you know, had a divorce from his, his ex-wife. And that's, he still has feelings for his ex-wife, meaning the Colts, but he has a newer relationship with his girlfriend, which is the Broncos. And I feel like he loves both teams, but as we've seen, he still talks to the Broncos, comes out to practices, he lives in Denver. He is more ingratiated to the Broncos' sphere than he was with the Colts. And we talked about it, I think, last week. He might have some sour grapes, some bad feelings, bad blood left behind from his unceremonious exit. They replaced him with Andrew Luck. That might be playing into it, but I feel like because it's such a public, nationally televised kind of event, he's going to honor both teams and do the right thing. He's just that kind of guy. We got David Bingaman jumping in. Trivia. 
Pod lasts just long enough for evening cigar and Irish whiskey. Keeps the <laughs> unnamed bug away. <laughs> do what you got to do. <laughs> it's good to see you, my friend. We uh, we don't always see eye to eye on all the Broncos issues, and we have great debates on milehighhuddle.com in the comment section. But, you know, I we appreciate your support. It's good to see you in the stream, my friend. Um, Jess wants to know on YouTube, is there any news on the Boland family drama no, we don't know anything on that front yet. No new developments. And that's one of the tragedies for Broncos fans of losing Nikki Jabala to another market is she's done, of all the journalists in Denver, the best job at tracking down that story, the, that, that piece that she had a couple of months back where it was revealed that Pat Bolin has a, what is it, an eighth child or seventh child? I can't remember now. Um, that whole thing, I mean, she's top shelf journalist. We're going to be losing that. Fans are going to be losing that insight and that, attention to detail that she brings to the table, Nikki, but no news on that front. So uh, Zach, one other thing here from Jody, he wants to know, are there any players out there that you'd consider signing because the starter could get the word that she'll go unnamed and be isolated, miss perhaps three games. I don't know about if there's anyone off the top of my head besides some of the names that we've talked about before, like Kelvin Beecham and some, you know, keep an eye on the tackles, keep an eye on the corners, but I heard something that was floated earlier today on Twitter as a possibility of allowing amending the CBA to allow for NFL teams to have an even more expanded practice squad or backup roster in case 53 guys, anyone on the 53, if there's a rash, a breakout or whatever in one position group or whatever you've got, and it might, obviously it's not going to be a list dudes that you have waiting in the wings. It's going to be practice squad caliber players, but actually having almost a carbon copy secondary team waiting to step in if you do have a rash or a breakout. So we'll see. I was going to say any any starter, any player can can catch the illness, can contract it, so we can't really nail down specific positions. Uh, but I'm still looking, regardless of the issue, I'm looking at a tackle, I'm looking at a cornerback, uh, Logan Ryan, Jason Peters, Kelvin Beecham, Cordy Glenn. These guys are out there for the taking. You can have them. And, you know, illness or not, crisis or not, pandemic or not, I want the Broncos to make some of those moves. So that's what I'd be looking at as offensive line specifically. J-Bone is in the house showing some love on Super Chat. One of our superstars. Appreciate you, you, Justin. He says, what's up, gang? First time live in a while. Have missed everyone. Keep staying safe. Mile high huddle. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag state of being. Really appreciate that, my friend. Uh, Zini, we can't confirm this. We don't know this, but he's saying uh, Melvin Gordon on social media. He's in Florida working with trainers with some video of it on social media. So that could very well be the case. I don't have any reason to doubt Yazini, but we have not confirmed that ourselves. Let's I'll bite it. my tongue on him not being in Denver with the other players, including Philip yeah. Lindsay, but another story. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 you know, flogged that dead horse <laughs> two nights ago. Was it last night. It was last night or was it? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes the week, the days in the week run together. Derek green, bonafide bonafide super chat superstar he and his wife Derek remind me your wife's name we'll uh, we'll shout her out he says great to see you guys my wife wants to know if either of you know why Justin Simmons isn't signed yet she's getting nervous lol hashtag Denver Broncos for life um it really does just come down to remember what we said earlier that GMs front offices in this league 
they're not motivated to take action until a deadline is approaching. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it is. Uh, oh, by the way, Derek, she would also like to know what it would cost to trade up for or to trade for Stefan Gilmore. A lot. Okay, we'll we'll get to that here in a second. But NFL GMs, you know, they they're inclined to let players stew, let players wonder, let players worry, and then in the eleventh hour, swoop in and get a deal done. It's just the way it is. I have not heard from any of my sources and people I know and talk to on this issue that have said that there's been any kind of a real meaningful hangup in the negotiations between Justin Simmons and the Denver Broncos. So I really wouldn't worry too much about it for now. I stand by what I said earlier that, you know, again, I'll be, I'll stand up here and eat crow if I end up being wrong. And Justin Simmons ends up being the first Bronco franchise tagged by John Elway to not get the multi-year extension by the deadline, but I wouldn't worry about it. Zach, What's your answer here for Stefan Gilmore in terms of what it might cost to acquire him via trade? I would have to know his contract because you'd be assuming that as well. And I, he's, he's a highly paid guy among cornerbacks. He's one of the best in the NFL. But in terms of compensation, I believe it would be a first rounder. I mean, he's a shutdown elite cornerback and they, they don't grow on trees as the Broncos know all too well. Now it, it would take a lot and, and the contract and the compensation. It's a fun idea to consider, but there's a reason why they invested in the draft. They didn't even sign someone like a Mucamara who would have came for five or six million a year. So Stefan Gilmore, for what it's worth, is scheduled to make $10.5 million in base salary this year. He also has a half a million dollar roster bonus, and he also has a restructure on his contract. So his actual cap hit for 2020 ends up being $18.6 million, and then his contract next year is about a million dollars richer. So it would be a pretty penny, not only in compensation, but in cap, cap hit. So hard to see that happening. As great as it would be to see Gilmore in Denver, it's hard to see the Broncos making overtures to make it happen. Yeah, $18 million cap hit. Then you have to invest in Justin Simmons. You paid Kareem Jackson last year. You just can't put that much money in one position. You have Boye taking up a significant chunk of the salary cap. It's a fun idea to consider, but it's just not you know realistic in practicality. Zini says, Brett Rippon might win the second string spot, but dude can fit balls into tight windows. That's one thing that's really good for Brett Rippon is even though like Trevor Simeon in 2017 lost his top advocate in Gary Kubiak and suddenly found himself kind of adrift in with Vance Joseph in that, that regime, Brett Rippon lost his top advocate, the guy that made him basically the impetus for him becoming the highest paid undrafted rookie in Broncos history. Rich Scangarello is no longer here, but here's the silver lining for Brett Rippon. He's not a strong arm quarterback. He's a guy that's had to get, to really make his bacon with with his his football noodle and throwing into the future accuracy you know being just having the intellectual aspects mastered and accuracy but guess what with the spread offense that Pat Shermer's bringing to the table in fact this was something Eric Trickle did a great job of outlining in his Broncos breakdown roster breakdown on Brett Rippon earlier this week if you guys haven't checked out the video and the article at over over at milehighhuddle.com go check it out but that's one of the good things about the spread offense that Shermer's bringing along is it spreads out the defense. It creates bigger windows. So he doesn't have to throw it into tighter windows. He doesn't have to. It's it's better. It's easier for the less the, the, the quarterbacks that don't have that big rocket arm like Drew Locke. This is the quintessential offense. He was a good scheme fit for, Scang- for Scangarello. Don't get me wrong. But this could be, I agree with you, Zini. Brett Rippon could surprise some people and end up leapfrogging Jeff Driscoll 
and be the number two behind Drew Locke. If, in fact, when the Broncos drafted Locke and then signed Rippon, Zach, that was their long-term vision. Locke is yeah. the guy and Rippon is the backup. And that could happen as soon as this year, but it's one of those things where you got to believe it when you see it. I mean, yeah, the Broncos' long-term vision last year at this time was Joe Flacco, so things change really <laughs> fast. And you know, Brett Rippon, he's a great developmental guy to have, but there's a reason why they signed Jeff Driscoll. He was going to be the Locks' backup. He's a better pro. And the one thing he has on Rippon is experience, and that's really invaluable when you have a first-year full-time starter in Drew Locke. I, I think Driscoll's a better quarterback. I, I would not be surprised if, if Rippon beat him out, but he's a Trevor Simeon. That's his ceiling yeah. in the NFL. That's his yeah. ceiling. That's his, that's his max. It's good to have those guys on the roster. I would feel more comfortable, though, if Driscoll was the clipboard holder behind Drew Locke this season. We'll see how it shakes out. Dave jumping back in, showing love on Super Chat. Really, Thank you, Dave. Really appreciate you, Dave. He says, did I hear the NFL tell players to stop getting together? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. No, it wasn't the NFL. It was the NFL PA. I forget the doctor's name, Zach, the mouthpiece. You reminded me of it the other day. But anyway, Sills, Or Meyer. Yeah. Tom yeah, Meyer. Yeah. Yes, thank you. T-H-O-M, by the way. Um, but what they said is they recommend to players, it's not a mandate, it's a recommendation that players stop these away-from-facility get-togethers and workouts like Drew Locke was doing in the Denver area. Tom Brady said, I'm not going to stop. He's continuing on with his thing. And I think in the in the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think you'll see a lot of NFL players, especially the teams that are either have a young quarterback or a new system, I think you'll see them continue to kind of low key, low profile, continue to work out because, you know, again, when it comes to the word that shall go unmentioned, no one wants to catch it. Don't get me wrong. But if you are 24 years and younger, you are more statistically likely to get struck by lightning than you are to die from the word that shall go unmentioned. So, you know, it's, it's a roll of the dice for anybody. Sure. It's, it's something just like when someone gets the flu, you, you don't want to get the flu. You hate the, how you feel for a week and you hate that it could turn into pneumonia and then it could turn into something else that happens for people. But for Drew Locke and company that that's not as big of a risk as the media attention. I'll just put it that way would lead you to believe. So I think he'll kind of follow the example of Tom Brady. Maybe I'm wrong because he is the younger generation. Tom Brady is the older generation, kind of more strong headed and whatnot. Maybe Locke's more inclined to listen to the doom and gloom on media. I don't know. But it's NFL PA recommendations, Zach, not a mandate. Uh, say what you want about Tom Brady, but he even came out and said the only thing to fear is fear itself. He's not giving in to the group think. He's not giving in to the fear porn or what the media is thinking. He's going out there and training because he knows the same people criticizing him for training right now will turn around right away during the season to be like, you didn't prepare you know, good enough. You, you're over the hill. You suck now. It's a no-win situation for a lot of players. They, they know nothing but to keep training, keep improving, keep working on their craft. So I give him credit for that. I mean, you you got to do what you got to do, and I think Locke is not going to back down to the the mob either. Buana, put that comment from David back on if you still have it there, because that's exactly making Zach's point. Brady is still practicing off the field. He's got a new system. He's got a new team. He's got he wants to get those reps in. If he is doing it, others who choose not to do it, like the Denver Broncos, do so at their own peril. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, guys, we're uh, officially at the one-hour mark, so any last-second questions that you have, any last-second topics you want us to get to, get them in now. Facebook user, I I wish I knew what your name is, but 
unless you give Facebook, uh, I should say, StreamYard permission to show your name on Facebook, you're, I'm sure you're checking this video out through the MHH Superfan group on Facebook, not the MHH page. So that's why it's not showing your name. Wish I knew what your name was. But Chad and Zach, do either of you see the salary cap dropping substantially next year? I can see it happening. I'm not willing quite yet to, to you know, predict that that's going to happen. We just got to wait and see what fan attendance is going to look like and yeah. what NFL teams end up doing if it is affected, fan attendance, how they compensate for that, whether it's like this first eight rows of each stadium being blocked out and advertisements being placed there. That's going to up revenue. They're going to be wait, and that'll be seen from the television broadcast if there's no fans in the stands. There's going to be ways to – try and offset some of those losses, but we just don't know quite yet. I would, you know, probably just count on it, not doing its annual, you know, 10% increase. Like it's done basically unabated for the last 10 years. They're going to have some impact. I mean, it's unavoidable. It's inevitable right now. They're going to offset it by having the rows blocked off for advertisements. They have the TV contracts kicking in, the new CBA kicking in. They'll be okay ultimately going forward in 2021 and beyond. The NFL is just a money machine. It's a cash cow of all the major sports is the reason why football is America's pastime. So going forward, they'll weather the storm. They'll do what they got to do. They're bracing for impact. They're bracing for positive tests. They're bracing for, for revenue loss. The NFL has been realistic, not idealistic, realistic through all this. And that's what I give him credit for. Bishoy Vanderberg with a really good question. Let's rapid fire this, Zach. What are the Broncos' biggest three strengths going into this season? <clears throat> Personally, I like our young talent on offense and our experienced defense. I think that's two strengths that you hit on right there, Bishoy. Um, I would say the youth movement on offense is, is a strength if, if, the coordinators and the uh, do their job. If if Pat Shermer and Mike Shula do their job, which I think they will, and you can you can capitalize and exploit the fact that you have one of the most dynamic collection of skill position players and young talent, including the quarterback in the NFL right now. If you can capitalize on that, it is a strength. But I said rapid fire, and here I am waxing poetic. So I would say the offense. I would say Fangio's tradition of his defenses taking a leap forward in the second year in whatever city he's in that so the defense being a strength what would be the third one what's a third wild card Zach and we'll move on I was going to say coaching continuity, considering what they've been through this offseason, the entire NFL. I mean, turnover with coaching staff, that's going to impact them out of the gates. And with the Broncos, at least on defense, they're returning most of their coaches except for Brandon Staley. They have Vic Fangio calling the defensive plays. He is also the head coach, obviously. And even where they replace coaches, Chad, they replace the offensive guys with experience, a former head coach and his understudy in Mike Shula. So they're okay. I think the coaching is going to be the thing that impacts or over, you know, offseason sets a lot of the the rust factor going into the season brian wants to know why we don't have buona beast live on the on the chat with us he doesn't want to he just wants to be in the chat i should say live on the screen that's not something he's really interested in he knows he has an open invitation for that whenever he wants to to join us on on screen uh derek is letting us know it's adina is his wife's name hello adina we appreciate your support and you've got yourself one cool husband that has really great taste in football and football content, and so do you. That reminds me, my mother-in-law's name is Deanna. So actually almost spelled correctly, just minus the A and one of those N's, and you have my mother-in-law's name. But Adina, it's 
I'll try to I'll try not to forget that. I'll try to remember that for next time. All right, Zach, we're running really long here, so let me just make sure we're not missing anything too crucial here. Well, guys, we're we're really out of time. I'll, we'll, we'll take one more. Let me just find one here. Uh, Ed, because I've done my research and as a, as a member of the YouTube partner program, I know what the buzzwords are. They, they let us know what they, what you can and can't say. That's one of them. So we found our own little workarounds and, uh, for not saying the word that shall go unnamed. Um, Yes, Brian, we are planning on having more of our Super Chat superstars on the podcast. Yep. That's going to be happening more and more as we get a little bit closer to the season. So stay tuned for that. But guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Mile High Mailbag Huddle Up Podcast coming to you for the last time this week. But fret not, we'll be back Sunday night with a fresh new week of coverage for your Denver Broncos and the NFL. In the meantime, make sure you're following my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter. If you're not doing that, open it up right now on your phone. Find at Kelberman NFL. Give him a follow. You can find me at Chad and Jensen. And then while you're at it, gang, make sure you also follow at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Big thanks to each and every one of you for spending an hour with us here in the chat, helping to keep this conversation fun and engaging and moving forward. It's just so much fun to have these, these hour-long sessions with you guys four times a week for Zach and I, and a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. You guys are really giving us the opportunity to continue to bring you this this content. And Zach, dude, have a have a great weekend. You got any plans this weekend? Anything special? No, nothing special, Chad. Just working as usual, and uh, just one day at a time. One day, one day closer to the season. One day closer one to putting this month behind us. Training camp starting next month, so I'm just keeping a positive attitude. Amen. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to be cleaning out a garage this this weekend. That's my project for this weekend, as well as juggling content at milehighhuddle.com and at youtube.com slash C slash milehighhuddle. But we're going to get out of here for tonight. We'll catch you guys Sunday night at uh, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, though, I almost forgot about this, gang. Check out on uh, Broncos Country Tonight. Luke Patterson, one of our own, MHH, and one of the co-hosts of Mile High Insiders, is going to be joining, I think he told me, 810 Mountain Time. So 810 Mountain, 1010 Eastern. I'm sure they have a listening stream. If you're not local and you can't get it on terrestrial radio, you can get it by check out iHeart and just search KOA Broncos Country Tonight. You can find it. So check out Luke on Broncos Country Tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow night is Friday. You'll get Dove Valley Deep Divers, Eric Trickle, Lance Sanderson. Saturday night, you'll get building the Broncos. They switched this week because Carl couldn't go Tuesday. So MHI was Tuesday night, BTB Saturday night. And then Zach and I will be back in the flesh with all of you guys Sunday night. So we'll see you then. Have a great weekend, each and every one of you. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys Sunday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 